I'm Ebony K. Williams, attorney and host. Welcome to Holding Court, where we analyze the latest legal headlines that everybody's already talking about. But we dig deep into how the courts impact the culture. We break it all down, going straight from gavel to your news feed. And every week, we keep it 100. Right, Dustin? That's right, E. Let's hold court. Dustin Ross, how was your weekend? My weekend was incredible. You know, any weekend is a good weekend for me. It's good. I find a little opportunity to get off the grid. You oh, know. shocker. Just a Were you even bit. in town? Um, Yes. No. Okay. I was in D.C. Okay. Um, shout out to my dear friend, Neff. It was her birthday. <laughs> yes, yes. I saw yes. that. Happy birthday. She is such a, like, love. You talk about, like, a lovely energy her Just spirit light right and radiant i one happy birthday kind. to her exactly i Ebony. really like her one of a kind lovely. so she had a a, a, a impromptu we'll mm-hmm. use that word birthday brunch nice. um in dc so i was actually in dc this weekend i yeah. love it i love that love shout out to the district yes um and she's lovely yes thank you i Set my ass at the house. Um, I'm finally getting my furniture. Wonderful. So okay, okay. You are coming over to see me and Miss Carrie soon. I cannot wait. We are making. We are getting cozy. Yep. In the the Harlem Jewel box yep. known as EKW's Bachelorette Pad, which is a, a beautiful place to be. It's, okay. It's it's starting to really feel like home. I'm now. still thinking about that mirror. I, I looked at him and said, Ebony, this damn mirror. Well, you know, sometimes you need to see the full look. My God, that mirror is incredible. That full Ebony. look. Yes. I can't wait. So stand by. Your invitation is now imminent. I can't wait. It's yes. Be fun. All right. So this is really nice. A, a nice little mixed docket we've got today. Of course, y'all y'all have asked for it. You've DM'd for it. And you're going to get it. Mm-hmm. The postmortem mm-hmm. of all things Tory Lane's conviction. Yeah, the long and short. And I say it with <laughs> conviction. Okay. <laughs> so, yes, we were on break, of course, when the sentence actually, uh, excuse me, the conviction itself went down. Sentence mm-hmm. is upcoming. Mm-hmm. We're going to talk about that. And, of course, lots of <sighs> lots of energy, mm-hmm. lots of curiosity, Dustin Ross, around the Kelsey of it all. So I want to give it just a little bit of structure before everybody uh, runs to take the Internet bar exam. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> you know, and I, you I get the, listen, I say that with a little jest, Dustin. I, I get the temptation to want to copy and paste and apply what you've heard in the ethos but that's why we have this show y'all that's yeah. why holding court exists because i want to give the culture a place i want to give jurors a place dustin to really understand the terminology mm-hmm. and how and when and to whom it applies yeah so you niggas know what the fuck you talking about in other words she ain't gonna say it like that but i will we sick of you motherfuckers i'm gonna look right to camera we sick of you motherfuckers Running around, saying everything, and then when you get pressed about it, right. oh, well, I, I, I'm really, you know, I, it's just my opinion. I didn't go stuff. to law school. I'm sick so, of that shit. Yeah. We tired of it. That's what she wanted to say. Now let's get back to the show, Ebony. Show is. <laughs> All right, so now we go move on to the next topic in okay. the docket. We're going to, uh, this is this is another one people have been DMing me about. I want to know if you got um, tagged and stuff, the Bruce Beach Yes, cell. yes. We had talked about we this. We had just yes. t- we yep. just talked about mm-hmm. this, y'all. Um, we talked about it in the context of the broader reparations yep. package that California, shout out to Gavin Newsom in California, Eric Adams, where you at? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Which we know where he's at. We know. You know. Standing on a couch somewhere. Couch surfing. Fist pumping instead of, you know. Swag surfing. 
All right, Eric, we're going we gonna to give you a little bit of time, but not too much motherfucking That's time. That's right. We're okay. watching you, man. Because I'm ready for my check. That's right. But back to Gavin. California is very seriously, incredibly looking into reparations. So we were talking just two episodes on holding court about how this is a continuum of mm-hmm. um, a, a writing of wrongs mm-hmm. historically that we love to see. Yes. And it's, it's now looking like a much needed pattern of restitution mm-hmm. to black Americans, uh, descendants of American slavery where we are getting our land restored back to Mm -hmm. us. We are getting our cash flow enhanced to Mm -hmm. us because of all the years, the hundreds of years, Dustin, of redlining, Mm -hmm. of of terrorizing black families, as was done to the Bruce family, to intimidate them, to terrorize them into stealing um, amounts to their land. And that's what happened in California, y'all. Manhattan Beach, which is really my favorite beach in that part Mm -hmm. of the world, had a, a lovely acreage, Beachside, mm-hmm. right there on the Pacific Ocean, y'all, that belonged to a black family named the Bruces. And this was circa mm-hmm. like 1914, uh-huh. something real early like that. And the, the state of California and the government essentially stole their land and they returned it. And we were all very shocked. I was at least to see that the same Bruce family that just got that land back we're selling has it back. now already turned around to sell it. So we're going to talk about that. I definitely have some thoughts, and I know mm-hmm. you do too. Uh, and then lastly, of course, take off. You know, it's really crazy, Dustin, because obviously, you know, we, we had so much deep tragedy and loss in 2022. It's not mm-hmm. even, you know, you can't even wrap your head around it. And I know for you, it's deeply personal. But I was listening to Stir Fry mm-hmm. this morning. Mm-hmm. And uh, that's my shit. Yes, and ma'am. <laughs> in the kitchen, what's a stir fry? Hey, hey in the kitchen. And um, yeah. I think it just really hit me like this brother is gone. Mm-hmm. Like one of these voices is literally no longer with us. And it's just, I don't know, I just needed to sit with it for a minute. It's cold, right? Yeah, Mm -hmm. it it felt chilling. Mm -hmm. It did. It felt cold. It felt chilling. It was like, fuck, like, that's crazy. Mm -hmm. And thank God his legacy can live on in his music. But that said, we're also now seeing the wheels of justice move in the case of this brother's untimely and devastating murder. Yes. So the suspect charged with Takeoff's murder has been arrested, of course, is in custody, and just now was released on a million dollars bond. I was halfway surprised to see that he was able to come up with a million dollar bond that, of course, had been reduced from a two million dollar bond. Frankly, I would have liked to have seen the bond sustain it, too. We'll get into it because people have questions and Dustin has thoughts. Yes, I do. Um, So we'll get to that. But, yeah, we're going to start with the Tory Lanes and his guilty conviction. Mm-hmm. And let's start with how you felt since we were off air, Dustin. Mm-hmm. Were you surprised that he was convicted? Yes. But not yeah. because I didn't think he should be convicted. Yeah. I'm I'm just so used to injustice mm. being slapped in my face. Mm. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So I did not think and, and because of the the conversation that was surrounding all of the, the happenings with this trial for two and years, all the misinformation yeah. that has been consistently shared and spread that has you know greatly influenced people's opinions sure. on this. It just did not present itself as the best case scenario for Megan the Stallion to get justice in this case. But she did, you she know. She did. She did. Daystar Peterson was uh, you know, Daystar. Da- da- you know. Daystar. How about his father's name is Sunstar or something? Is it? Why did my friend shout out to my friend Dr. Takia uh, Robinson who said what's his daddy name? OnStar. <laughs> she says. Do they still do OnStar? They still make that in the cars? That's Don't you remember when you couldn't tell us nothing? We pushed that. Let me get a flat. 
Listen. You think I wasn't pushing that button? First of all, uh, my mama was trying to be cheap one time in one of her little entry-level Mercedes Uh when she first was getting on, and she Uh tried to bypass the All-Stars, and Uh now with me in the car, Uh bitch. You need that All-Star, okay? That's the second seatbelt. You got this one, and then you got All-Star. Yeah, we just two women in the the (laughs) world. We need All-Star. What's wrong with you? But not Tory Lane's daddy. That's who we don't need, okay? No, we definitely don't. Nobody needs any of them Lane's men, clearly. So, yes, Tory was found guilty of all three felonies, mm-hmm. all three. And that included firearms, charges, uh, attempted murder, assault, all that stuff. I'm sorry, not attempted murder, but, but felony assault rather on Megan um, because he, yes, shot her in her feet when they were leaving that Hollywood Hill. It's such a raggedy, like, oh, just so raggedy mm-hmm. on his part. Shot her in her feet, uh, both of her feet, as they were leaving that Hollywood Hills party at Kylie Jenner's home back in 2020. I also was shocked. Mm -hmm. I'm going to tell you why I was shocked, Dustin. I was shocked. Yes, I do tend to be skeptical around justice actually being served. Yes. But also, Mm -hmm. again, I wasn't in the courtroom. But based on the evidence and the leaked testimony that we did have, I thought it was a toss-up. Mm-hmm. In terms of, and this is not around what actually happened to Megan. This is around, and this is where the law is very frustrating for me sometimes, mm-hmm. Dustin. There's what happened and there's what you can prove. Mm-hmm. And those are always two different thresholds. And I felt like for Megan, this was going to be tricky because the evidence just wasn't extremely strong from mm-hmm. where I was sitting. So you've got Kelsey, which we'll get to in a minute, who gets on the stand and blatantly contradicts her. T- you know, the prosecutors put Kelsey on the stand with an expectation that she would be consistent in what she gave in those recording interviews, mm-hmm. which we subsequently heard. Those were never expected to be played, by the way. Mm-mm. They only had to drag those tapes out, Dustin, because she got up there bullshitting. That's it. So 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 when you've got four people in a car, Megan, Kelsey, Tory, and the driver mm-hmm. and he couldn't be found Mm -hmm. okay so that's a that what i'm describing y'all are proof problems that's Mm -hmm. the terminology we tend to use in in the legal world around this this is where the prosecution has proof problems Mm -hmm. you've got one witness that you can't even locate locate. yeah Mm -hmm. you can't even touch you can't locate so that's he's out you've got megan who credible with an asterisk because her first accounting was in contradiction to her subsequent later accounts. Mm-hmm. So while we all reasonable minds understand why her need to protect black men and not want Tori to end up being a, yet another victim of police brutality or all the things that we know happen when you bring law enforcement into the vortex of black masculinity. But valid that's still but that's her. Still, and that's why I tell black women, sis, Yes, protect black men, but bitch, protect yourself, mm-hmm. you know, because ultimately that could have been a serious problem, Dustin mm-hmm. Ross, when it came to the believability of mm-hmm. Megan at this point. Mm-hmm. So on a, on a good day, you got a 75, 25 percent kind of mm-hmm. credibility scale with your accounting. Then you got Tori, of course, who's saying, I didn't do it. Mm-hmm. And then you got Kelsey saying, I don't know. Mm-hmm. That's not like great facts. You know, if we're just talking objectively speaking, from a proof standpoint. I think that what was helpful was medical reports. I think, um, you know, just things that were more objective, you know, that weren't from a subjective point of view, were able to say this woman absolutely was shot. We do not believe she shot herself. And I also believe some of those recordings, Dustin, um, the jailhouse conversations, things like Mm -hmm. that, sway, thank God, 
were persuasive enough mm-hmm. to get jurors to a point where they did not believe Kelsey was the one that pulled that trigger. Mm-hmm. But I think my point in breaking that down is a different jury could have came to a different conclusion. Very easily. Very easily. Mm-hmm. And that just reminds us that, you know, you have to stay on message ultimately. Like, Ooh, Stay on message. That's good. Uh, it, as much as you can, right? Yeah. Because I completely understand all of the decisions that Megan made surrounding totally. this case. Yeah. I just wish that earlier on she would have leaned more into the, you know what, fuck that. You shot me and that's it. And that's it. That's it. Yeah. And that's it. I, and I, th- I actually think if there is some silver lining to come out of this case, I think more people, period, male, woman, non-binary, gay, straight, mm-hmm, black, white, mm-hmm. will think a little harder around that initial it's just like a first impression Mm -hmm. you can't really make another one yeah so that first thing you say to investigators this goes i'm gonna tell you where this is really key dustin domestic violence Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. have the story is switched so many times i feel like this right (sighs) megan tried everything she could Mm -hmm. To make this thing go away. Mm-hmm. Literally. Privately. Privately. Literally. Yeah. She tried everything she could. Yeah. And Tory Lanez mm-hmm. did what so many people are now doing, which is be careless and sloppy mm-hmm. and just flagrant. Expect, flag, Fla- completely flagrant. flagrant. Very flagrant. Got out flagrantly there talking disrespectful. Shit. Flagrantly disrespectful. Like making music yeah. about this you and line up her You're just ops. mad because I don't want. Like, you took it there, and you acted as if there weren't Fringe. these very real and sincere consequences in yeah. front of you. Be them low. <laughs> yeah. You know, but oh. they was in front of you. Right. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> you're... why would you even think yeah. that this was... So it's just a reminder to people that you can't really fuck around with stuff like you can't. This. People need to stop playing in people's faces in stop. 2023. Stop doing that. Yeah, you got to stop playing in people's faces. I think it's very similar. The analogy that immediately came to mind when you broke it down like that, Dustin, was, you know, Kanye West sitting on a whole platform like Drink Champ saying, I can say, you know, basically, fuck the Jews and Adidas can't touch me. You're playing in their face now. And, 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 they, and I think they intended to give you a lot of latitude. On the issue, because you had said a bunch of fuck shit before that. Ebony, I just, it's unbelievable for me that people are so haughty, so they think so much of themselves that they think they're infallible and invisible to any sort of of consequence for their behavior. But this is what's happened. This this I, I like to call. Um, you know, somebody fucking around and finding out. Find a, That's found, what it he is. Found out. He found out and him and his daddy looked shocked. I can't believe how completely dumbfound they were. How completely dumb. They were. That's why I use that word. And if you dumb found you. As my friend, right? Now, knock on wood. I wish it was some wood around here for me to knock on because I ain't gonna be in this position, okay? Right. However, Mm -hmm. if you if I'm in that position, Ebony, and you see some close (laughs) enough, okay. Right, plaster, plaster looking like wood. We'll take it. If you see Mm -hmm. the people that come to support me in my case, okay, (laughs) wearing a Tweety Bird shirt (laughs) and talking to the press. Get in there there and snatch their arms back and say, thank you. It ends. The conversation stops now. Right. Because they didn't help anything. No. That father yelling and screaming about God and his conviction. Don't nobody give a damn about none of that but you. I also didn't appreciate Tori bringing his, uh, what, three-year-old son, that young boy, to see that. That wanted to go somewhere and read a book. 
He didn't even want to be there. I think that he used that baby as a prop, mm-hmm. um, and I think it backfired, and I think I it was I thought they horrible. were friends. I was like, well, what's wrong with his friend's leg? I thought it was one of his peers, but it was his son. Yeah, it was his son. Yeah. Oh, you know what? You know. I'm done with you. You know. <laughs> they about the same height. <laughs> hey, we it. done with him. Yeah, we d- okay. Thank God we're done with him. So, all of that happened, y'all. That's clearly how we feel about the conviction itself. Uh, Kelsey, 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 Kelsey. A lot of talk about perjury, perjury, perjury. Mm-hmm. Now, the defense argued that this was a case about jealousy between Pete and Megan, P- Megan the Stallion, mm-hmm. Meg Pete, uh, and Kelsey Harris, uh, her former friend, well, her friend at that time, mm-hmm. and assistant, because they both clearly had a sexual relationship with Peterson. Which I just, yeah, you know, it's a lot. Of, that's a whole nother conversation, Dustin. A lot of bad? times, I look at the landscape. <laughs> For the let's let's call it that. Yeah, let's okay. call it that. And I am shocked at the choices um, um, for both of them. For actually. both of them, Kelsey's yeah. beautiful. Megan is beautiful I'm and just successful. Like, I can't believe women, beautiful women, are fucking with him. But you know, everybody likes something different. Yeah, and I'm not hating. Every, it's I'm not just even. Ha- of course, confused. we're not hating. I'm just confused. It's just of all the opportunities, like wow, <laughs> wow, mm, must be. Oh, never mind. I doubt uh, it. it <laughs> You already. I doubt it. So it's lost on me. Let me just say that. Because even if it was, I think that it would be such a contrast. The contrast. You know, like we'll call a, it that. Yeah. Yes. I think it wouldn't even be appealing. I, it couldn't even get there. Why is that? It couldn't even get there for me. It couldn't. It couldn't even. Not for me either. It couldn't get there. The teeth. The the. It's actually the, the energy for me. Oh, like, of course. Like you know, he just is off putting. Mm-hmm. Like. Boy, anyway, um, so and he also seems like he hates women to yeah. me. Like he seems like he really, yeah. like, don't want a bitch to win. Yeah, don't want a bitch to get an award. Like yep. you feel a way. Very ego driven. Even in yeah. some of the um the commentary surrounding like what happened that night, they said that he was most triggered by her saying about his his, his music. rap skills. Yeah, yeah, which is very fitting. So good night, sir. Right. Uh, now, a lot of people throwing around this perjury word. Let's just kind of define perjury, mm-hmm. I think, would be a great place to start, right? Mm-hmm. Let's do that. She deserves, I, I hope, honestly, I hope that she does face some sort of consequences for her, what I believe is perjuring herself on that stand. Yeah. So, perjury, definition, willfully telling an untruth in a courtroom after having taken an oath or affirmation. Literally what happened. To me, it's pretty open and shut on that. And for those that were, you know, in the comment section Mm -hmm. saying that, oh, it's not perjury because some people were saying weird things like she wasn't under oath. Of course she was under oath. How are you sitting on a a stand? People were saying that was weird. Of course she's under oath. She was a sworn witness because there's no other kind in a court of law. Hello, Ebony. Okay. Uh, She was clearly in court. We saw that. And it was in flagrant contradiction to her previous recorded recorded thing. So at best, she could argue that she was lying then. Mm -hmm. But that's also a different charge, Mm -hmm. you know. So either you were lying then or you're lying now. But what we do know is you're lying. Mm -hmm. So if the thinking is and and the play from prosecutors is that we think you're lying in court, then that will be a perjury charge. If they feel they can't prove that because of proof problems, it's kind of hard to prove the specificity of when you lied. Mm -hmm. What they then could do, Dustin, is charge her with um, tampering or interfering with an investigation Mm -hmm. because then that's a miss. Then if you were lying then in the statement, you're misleading this investigation, which also uh, faces a charge. 
So to me, either way, and it just really depends. I'm going to tell you what this is going to depend on, whether or not Kelsey will actually have charges. It's just going to depend on the day and the feeling of the prosecutor. Mm -hmm. How much paperwork do they want to do? How much time and energy do they want to give this? Are they of the mindset that we got the big fish, of course, which was Tory. We Mm -hmm. got a conviction there. Let's move on for this. Or do they feel like, once again, bitch, you're playing in our face and you Mm -hmm. got to fuck around and find Mm -hmm. out and we got time today. Mm -hmm. That those are the two scenarios. Well, when you think about it, right, like I don't want to see anyone face anything unnecessarily, right, when it comes to the legal system. Well, unnecessary is the key word there. Right. And that some of it's necessary. necessary. If you don't give a damn about what took place with this young lady Mm -hmm. and everything that she's had to deal with connected to this that you know you're well aware of Mm -hmm. and you got your ass on that stand and lied. You obviously were in some sort of back deal backdoor deal Mm -hmm. with Tori and his team. You don't care about what happened to her. You don't give a damn so about it's, that. It's two parts. It's the Megan part you don't care about, and you are really a fucked up friend, woman, in my opinion, and you're black person. Justice. And I was gonna say and the other part that the prosecutors care much more about <laughs> is you playing in my face. The legal, the yes. legality of it all, like that, is a serious thing to do. You can't play. And as a prosecutor, see, prosecutors probably have bigger the biggest egos in the courtroom really from my heavy. dealings with okay. them. I would say more so than the judge. Mm-hmm. You know, that's the reason why Linda Fairstein's stupid ass mm-hmm. was to this day sit mm-hmm. up here and tell you that the whole exonerated five mm-hmm. is still guilty, even mm-hmm. though the DNA, the science says otherwise. Mm-hmm. That is how enormous prosecutors' that's egos so can crazy. be. But like you see what I'm saying? Yes. So the prosecutor in Meg's case could take the position you really sat up there on that stand Kelsey, and try to undermine and jeopardize my entire case that I've been working for two and a half years. You're going to pay for that on GP. Just on GP. Because had they not been able to get those tapes admitted, which is a question, a lot of times evidence like that, uh, Dustin, depending on the judge, can get let in, can not. Now it's a, a, a an appealable issue. If it's not all, it just could have gotten real, real messy. I was confused about that, right? Yeah, because to it. me, it was so clear that you know her message was different when she gave this test, this recorded testimony, mm-hmm. um, or this recorded account of what happened sure. previously, right? Mm-hmm. To me, it was such a stark contrast to what she did on that stand. And that's the only reason that they got it in. I didn't anticipate there being like some challenges in them even getting it in. I was shocked by that, Let me Ebony. tell you. Okay, so now we're talking about, this is so exciting for me. So going back to law school, I love it. I'm such a fucking dork. Okay, so this is basically hearsay mm-hmm. and this is evidentiary admission. This is evidence class is mm-hmm. what we call it in law school. And, and, and you can almost default that most evidence is not coming in. Why? Because you have to constantly dust and balance the value, what we call probative value, what this piece of evidence, whether it's a tape, a video, um, a, a prior criminal record, whatever it is, what is this going to prove versus how prejudicial it will be to the defendant? Mm-hmm. How much prejudice will this induce from the jury towards that defendant? Mm-hmm. Because the good news about the law is when it works right— it is always supposed to kind of give deference to the possible innocence of a defendant. Okay. Anything that is deemed Dustin to be overly prejudicial, likely to taint the perception, absent actual evidence to the defendant will not be admitted. Period. That's what you so that's what the judge is weighing. They're weighing this 
pre-recorded account. We know how prejudicial it is towards Tory. The answer is extremely. But what is it going to prove? So absent her getting on that stand saying what she said, that tape would have never seen the light of day, Dustin. It would have never come into the courtroom. Because think about it. How great would it be if I'm the prosecutor, I put Kelsey on the stand, Kelsey says what she said to me, which is it was him, basically. And then I say, and I want to play this tape for you where she said the same thing, Your Honor, a year ago. That's Mm -hmm. great. It wouldn't happen. He only got to play that tape, Dustin. It only came into evidence to indict her credibility. Mm -hmm. Because now again, you sit on this stand and you playing in my face. Mm -hmm. And you're making it look like I didn't have my case together for me to call a witness Mm -hmm. who all of a sudden has no recollection. So Mm -hmm. now you sit on this stand. Not only are you not giving me any probative value for my argument, you are actually creating reasonable doubt to my whole theory of the case. Mm -hmm. Nah, bitch. So that's why the tape came in. It is to indict her credibility as a hostile witness. It's basically mm-hmm. like permission to treat the mm-hmm. witness hostile. Mm-hmm. So that's that's how that comes in. Well, you know, you play and, stupid games, you win stupid prizes. So now Kelsey has put herself, you know, at risk for all these other legal consequences. I would not be shocked because of the nature and the high profile nature of this trial if we saw something from prosecutors around Kelsey. So two questions, Ebony, because mm-hmm. my wheels are just spinning, sure. right? So when do you anticipate us seeing any sort of movement on like any potential charges against Kelsey for perjury? After he sentenced. After his sentence. Absolutely. Nothing's going to happen before he's sentenced because they don't want to distract from that process. Mm -hmm. So he's going to be sentenced. Um, I think he's going to get a maximum sentence. That was my next question. Yeah. Oh, I totally think he's going to get a maximum sentence because, again, for them to find him guilty on all three charges. Mm -hmm. He wasn't found guilty on one charge, Dustin. He wasn't found guilty of two. He was found guilty of all three. He is a prior felon. Mm -hmm. And he's here. And you about to be deported? You going back to Canada? Yeah. Bye. Yeah. Well, and oh the thing, Canada. And, and I don't. <laughs> you know, I just I'm really ugh. time to be a Canuck. My yep. thing is like <laughs> I, I just don't like it. Just didn't have to happen. It's so ridiculous to me. All because of your ego and you being arrogant. Totally. Totally. And talking shit, yeah. to put it in layman's terms, you started talking shit talking after this shit. happened, and Megan was like, "What? Megan? That's what we not gonna do." And I do want to make this point because you mentioned, and I think most of us agree, Dustin, that there is high suspicion that the reason Kelsey got amnesia all of a sudden on that fucking stand was because there were some backdoor dealings mm-hmm. with Tory and his team. I want to be clear that that's not required, mm-hmm. meaning the prosecutors don't have to prove that you got a dime mm-hmm. for your amnesia. Just the fact that it, just the fact that it happened. Yeah. Well, we'll see. Mm-hmm. You know, I hate to see black people in this position, but damn, you have to you have to not put yourself in that position. I was going to say, a lot of people made some really poor choices that mm-hmm. evening. And like I said, I, I, I don't do victim blaming. I don't believe in victim blaming. But the one piece of uh, note I would give to Megan is mm-hmm. moving forward. And this is for anybody in her position. You, know, you find yourself victim. Be 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 slow to create a protective narrative at your own expense. Yeah. Is how I will frame that. Yeah. It blew up in her face, you know, unfortunately. Yeah. And she and she had the best of intentions. <laughs> and yeah. it blew up in her face because you can't help everybody. And now that you see that, like no. cer- certain people just Some just, people need to go to jail. Some I'm gonna say do. it plain. Yeah. Some people need to go to jail. And Tory Lanez, your ass needs to go to jail. Period. Because that is a uh, that is an irrational response even to a fight. Mm-hmm. I don't give a damn what y'all was fighting about. Sex, raps, 
lyrics, contracts. It did not. It did not warrant that response. And let's not forget, there have been several instances of um, him being violent after this with other people. It, that's what I'm saying. You Bus are August Alcina a, in a mile. Um, threat to public society and safety by Negro. I'll be happy when he goes his ass on back back to old Canada too. He could take Aubrey with him, really, at this point. <laughs> That's how I feel about it. He really pissed me off because I'm I'm a Drake fan in terms of his music, and mm-hmm. that you know he even had me feeling. It. I just started back listening mm-hmm. to Drake's music. Mm-hmm. I had to put him on ice. That line. He was on um timeout. He was on time. You had put him on pause. I put every... him on pause, <laughs> but I unpaused his ass. Okay, come on out the corner because it'd be a bop. Okay, all right. <laughs> Lucky. Okay, and I also want to shout out to Megan that she also had a recent civil court victory. Yes, with 1501, Carl Crawford's uh, record label that she was signed to. That's it. And I just think when those things happen like that, that's something to just pay attention to, too. Like, when when favor kind of comes in sequence like that, Mm -hmm. I think that I see that as an affirmation of this young woman's truth telling. Mm Mm-hmm. Same. That's not, you know, like I think not, you know, sometimes you have to look at the totality Same. of the way shit is falling out for some people. Yeah, I think so too. And Megan needs that. She needs that reassurance and that yes. support. She doesn't have her parents. Correct. You know, she's just out here she figuring out a lot. She doesn't have her industry, no, unfortunately. No, no, no you support. Know. And I, I'm sure that's more clear than ever to her now. Yeah. So, so you know, shout out to Megan. Shout out to uh, to to people who mm-hmm, tell the truth. Mm-hmm. Because I think that whole like believe black women thing. I'll be honest with you, I don't really love that. Mm-hmm. Because you need to believe some black women mm-hmm. and not others. Here's the thing: believe credible black women. That's I'm gonna augment this fucking phrase. That's it. Just believe credible black women, mm-hmm. and most of us are. Yep. Next. That's right. All right, so Bruce Beach, y'all, this is a gorgeous piece of property in Los Angeles, Southern mm-hmm. California, right there in Manhattan Beach is, is how we know it today. Uh, y'all know the backstory. This was owned by a black family called mm-hmm. the Bruces, uh, and they were they had plans for this property, Dustin, as early as 1912, 1914. This is the nature of black entrepreneurship. Mm-hmm. We have a natural entrepreneurship spirit, I mm-hmm. believe, as a people. You can read about this in Bed on Black. How the about good it? news about being black in America today. It's available uh, everywhere you get your books, and it, it drops January 31st. You should order your copy today. Order your copy of Bed on Black. Thank you. So therefore, um, I, I talk about I have a whole chapter called Leverage, mm-hmm. and I open that chapter, Dustin, with it's very hard to be free when you don't own anything. It's hard to be free when you don't own anything. And I think as a people who have been fighting for seeking and pursuing full liberation on this particular land since we got here, ownership and ownership of land specifically yeah. is essential. I mean, let's let's re- let's re- rewind and let's think about like for those black Americans that were able to occupy and walk amongst this land as free citizens during pre, let's just say pre 1865 to put a number on it though because there were let's be clear there were some free blacks in Mm -hmm. america prior to abe lincoln's emancipation proclamation Mm -hmm. okay prior to the civil war Mm -hmm. it was some people that looked like you Mm -hmm. and me who were free black americans Mm -hmm. how did they get free well lots of different ways but i know one of them was we're married you're a shoemaker Mm -hmm. you have a skill set you're an artisan you are a tailor, you mm-hmm. are you are a barber, you are you know, you are a violinist, you are somebody who after, you know, you've done the work of the plantation, 
you're permitted to go make some some coin, also known as the great American black tradition of side hustling. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You 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 maintain that wealth. You buy your freedom. You you what? You buy your freedom. Mm-hmm. You keep hustling and you buy mine. Mm-hmm. That is how a lot of our people Dustin, got free. Got free. Mm-hmm. And what did they do when they got free? They bought a plot mm-hmm. and they worked that plot and they created generational wealth. And that, y'all, is the traditional story of most of the black people that ended up in those first classes of Howard University, mm-hmm. Fisk University, mm-hmm. Tuskegee mm-hmm. University. So that, y'all, is our origin story of what being black and free in America looks like. Mm-hmm. And it is directly tethered to ownership. And it's never talked about in that context. In that context. Never. Yeah. Yeah. Because that, that's, we got to. And that's the leverage chapter of Bet on that's Black? That's the leverage chapter. I believe it's chapter seven. Yeah. January um, 31st, y'all. January 31st. Go in and get it. Amazon, if you don't fuck with Bezos, go on in Barnes and Noble. Barnes and Noble. Local black bookstores, which we love. That's we love, right. we love. Get it. All right. So back to the Bruce family. They understood this principle, like I said, back in 1912, 1914, when they, you know, had the land. And they wanted to make a whole resort town. They Mm -hmm. didn't want to just build their house on it. Mm -hmm. They saw a vision, Dustin, for a black utopia, Mm -hmm. a black resort, a black white lotus, Mm -hmm. (laughs) if you will. Okay. Where we could have and play and have our children play uninhibited Mm -hmm. by the staunch anti-blackness that was going on in this country. And this is what the Bruce family said. This is so beautiful. We know that some. Oh, okay. This is what's important here. Okay. So that was the plan. Okay. Then, like I said, KKK, uh, white supremacists. And yes, there were KKK in California. I know that shocks a lot of people. But trust and believe. They they got on the motherfucking horses and ran right on out there. And they're still there. Literally. A lot of them. Listen, it's so funny. So my ex-husband and I, so this was many, many moons ago. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Uh, We went to a winery Mm -hmm. one time. So we lived in LA, but we wanted to go to a winery, do a wine tasting. And we went, it was in the country. Mm -hmm. Vineyards. Mm -hmm. When I tell you how many Confederate flags we saw on the way. Reminder. Listen. Okay. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah. It, it, it looked just like South Carolina. California is extremely racist. Extremely and extremely segregated. Yes. Yep. You go to L.A. and get it fucked up. Listen, step outside of L.A. St- step outside of Baldwin Hills. Go on, go on step, to, outside step outside of Ladera Heights. Specifically those yeah. communities. Sp- step outside of Inglewood. And, and you're going to get reminded. Listen. Okay. So, as we were. That was going on. They were being terrorized. They were being intimidated. And essentially, through a fake-ass eminent domain, California government acted like they were going to use that land, Dustin, for a park. Park never fucking existed. And they went ahead and just gained millions and millions and millions of dollars on these people's land. So, two years ago, roughly, efforts started by uh, advocates and grassroots leadership to say, nah, y'all are going to run us this property back Mm -hmm. because it's the right thing to do. That's what restorative justice, looks that's like. a term that yeah. we use. That's what it looks like, Dustin Ross. So the Bruce family threw an actual piece of legislation at the state level in California. You know, we all saw the photo. We've been talking about this case, y'all, on holding court for we over have. a year. Yeah. You know, we were talking about the journey. Then we celebrated mm-hmm. that the family got it back. They had a whole day in the key and the mm-hmm. business and everybody smiled and shit. And California did not apologize to the Bruce family, which is a problem. But what they did say, Dustin, was we acknowledge the inherent anti, well, no, they used the term, but they should have. They Mm -hmm. said we acknowledge the inherent racism. They should have said the inherent Mm anti-black racism. To be clear. uh, To be very clear and specific Mm -hmm. that led to the initial 
taking of mm-hmm. your property, and it is with great remorse that we return it to its rightful owners, the Bruce family. Then it was christened Bruce Beach, and, you know, it just felt like an amazing example, and it still mm-hmm. is, of what restorative justice looks like when all forces for good work together. Mm-hmm. So everybody was really like shocked and honestly kind of sad and disappointed and, and some folks a little mad when we just read last week that the Bruce family has decided to sell this exact piece of land that everybody fought so hard to get back. They sold it back to L.A. County. And for what I would say only a paltry, a dismal, OK, 20 million dollars. What you think when you saw it? Let's start there. No, go on and say it. We ain't Nigga no- shit. It's nigga shit. Throw a little dangle of carrot of money that seems like a large amount in front of their face. Right. Was there any research done to assess the true value of that land? That part. And really, you know, inform this family of what the they they have, basically. Twenty million dollars felt so low, so insulting to me. Such a just okay. That was the plan all along. They weren't sure. gonna just restore that, re- return that land rather to this family and let them do with it what they wanted. Mm-hmm. No, they just wanted to to fix the, the way, PR that, the, yeah, mm-hmm. the optics of this. Well, I I just felt so sad when I my heart dropped when I read it. I th- I had to read it twice mm-hmm. because my heart dropped because I was like, I know. You got to be fucking kidding well, me. Well, just based off of everything that I led, I, I set the story mm-hmm. up with about ownership, liberation, mm-hmm. okay, things are moving in the right direction. We're about to get these reparations. Let's go. Mm-hmm. Let's go. As hard as most of us are working to have a little tiny, little, little grass sliver, little sand pebble of property in this day and age with, with interest rates being what they are, yeah, with FICO being what the fuck it is. You know how hard it is to own property in America? You could have put two houses on the damn land and got that $20 million. Easily. In rent. <laughs> in rent. Literally. I just can't believe it. Like, And it just, it's a constant reminder that people don't get it just because they're black. Some people just don't understand and are, are only focused on it. I'm not saying that this family is greedy or this is even what their rationale was, you know, mm-hmm. behind their decision making. But sometimes you dangle, you know, a large amount of money in front of people's face and they just forget about everything else connected to the ownership of this land. I'm going to say, and I'm not one to normally go here, but I'm just going to, I have to, it's on my spirit to just say how I really felt about it. It felt lazy to me. Mm-hmm. It did. I'm going to tell you why. Because they actually put some some verbiage as to their why. Because I think everybody was like, why the fuck would you do mm-hmm. this? And especially why would you do it for $20 million? This is what they said, child. They said... We know that some might have imagined that we would have hold, held this piece of land and tried to rebuild it to the vision of our former family business. But we chose to look to the future instead. They basically didn't feel like doing the work, filing the permits, finding the contractors to do the work to build out this property in a mechanism that, A, would have honored the vision of their forefathers, Mr. Charles Bruce and them, Mr. Charles Bruce and them, because that was the plan for this property. And you didn't feel like doing the work. Mm-hmm. And I'm sorry. And I'm not one for name calling. Mm-hmm. Public. No, just <laughs> <laughs> Okay. 
Okay, we'll save that one for later. But I got to call a spade a spade here. That's just lazy. Mm-hmm. That's lazy. Mm-hmm. And then, like you say, okay, so you you're not really about that life. You not you you don't want to work that hard, which I condemn. But then, get a real quantitative assessment that at least is going to reflect the true potential value of the land. What I can tell you. And, and, and I'm no by no means a property expert, but I used to live in L.A. and I, I did just buy a house and I'm very steep. Mm-hmm. Like, that's what yes. Ebony, what you do last night? Bitch, watch five episodes of um, House Hunters. OK, that's literally okay. what I did. Yep. That's my shit. Yep. OK, I love it. been watching it for years. Mm-hmm. I've been a student of kind of valuation mm-hmm. of property mm-hmm. at various locations throughout the nation, mm-hmm. Dustin. Mm-hmm. OK, I can tell you just the land. I, they couldn't have got me to get off that for less than a hundred million. No way possible. Period. No way possible. Period. No way possible. Period. The earning potential from the property alone. That's the, it. The, the 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 rich historical value of that land That's and it. what it represents. That's it. It is immeasurable in value. It's really immeasurable, but on the on the cheap side, it's a hundred million. At least, or we're not even talking. The t- the, I'm just. It's sad. It's very sad to me. I feel like. When you start talking about the term hustling backwards, mm-hmm. that's exactly what this is. This is hustling is. backwards. Oh. This is all. The, and then, you know, a lot of people outside the family, Dustin, did a lot of work as a sacrifice to make this happen. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, one of them is a, a, a beautiful and she really is beautiful inside and out. She's gorgeous. Um, she's a friend of mine. She is the descendant of Lorraine Hansberry. Her mm-hmm. name is Tay. Mm-hmm. Uh, and she was part of the group of local advocates along with Kayvon Ward who's an organizer and a former Manhattan Beach resident who founded this organization called Justice for Bruce's Beach. I don't know Dustin I just think at that point in time when the community has wrapped their arms around you and shown up for you and your family I think you owe everybody more than this. This is why we can't get anything done as as black people in America when it comes to unifying and rallying for one cause because people are always going to take their own selfish pursuits and selfish gain and make that a priority. $20 million is laughable for that property. I wish they would have just called Byron Allen. I think Byron Allen would have gave them more money for that than this. Alone. Listen, we could be shooting a griot uh, beachside. Beachside, okay. (laughs) I'm trying to tell. Seriously, like this is this is this is so insulting. It's lazy. I can't even believe like in 2023, shit like this is even still happening. But that's because there's always going to be black people in the bunch who are easily persuaded, short sighted, short sighted, and for them to say we're thinking about the future, the future. Child, uh, don't ask me, honey. I could spend twenty million dollars in a in a week, in one day, if mm-hmm. we're being honest. Because I know what I want, <laughs> okay, and I know what's gonna make the most sense. Right. So, like, right. every it's just it's right. just crazy to it's me. Very who in the hell was representing the family? Who made this decision? Who? Who? We need to put some names on this. I at think some it's point. the family, based off of these quotes. So this is what the district supervisor, this woman named Janice Hahn, said. So she's from the city side. She says this was always about what's best for the family. They feel that the best thing for them is to sell this property and finally rebuild. In what world? Uh, the generational wealth that has been denied them for almost a century. I hate to take. I hate to tell you, Bruce family, twenty million dollars is not generational wealth. Period. 
$20 million is not even wealth if we want to use the W word for one family. Because they were literally set up in a position to really make some good, to really make change. Yeah. They really were. Yeah, it's it's really sad. Um, but everybody in the family did is not so short sighted, lazy, and to me just dumb found. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, one of the Bruce family members, Miss Patricia Bruce, mm-hmm. she said this. She told the Washington Post, "I don't think Charles would have sold it," mm-hmm. and I think she's right. She said that the Bruce family has leased the land to the county, but is not allowed to development. This is what an attorney for the Bruce family said. Okay, I believe that. I believe that the city and the municipality of Manhattan Beach and L.A. County are going to make it difficult. And you know what we have done as a people in the face of difficulty, Dustin? Risen. Risen. Persevered. Make it enough. Right. And my thing is, all that's fine. But the dollar amount should reflect that. It should reflect the true value and potential value of this. You've had so many years. I I, I just like like you, you see. What this land could possibly earn just, and what it's worth? Why? It's Would give, you niggas? It's, it's give, <laughs> Why? It's, it's giving. We sold Big Mama's house for twenty dollars. That's exactly what it's giving. It's, That's exactly it's, what it's, it's giving. giving. We sold Big Mama's house because we didn't want to pay the taxes. We don't want to do the upkeep. We don't. It's lazy, and it's and it's short sighted. Twenty million. I can't even say greedy because y'all didn't really get no money, really. And what's the split on that? <laughs> And, and how much you giving to Mr. George Fothery III, the attorney on that? And how much you giving to tax man on that? So, yo, this story really made me mad. And it made me really sad. It pissed me the fuck off. It made off. me sad for all the people that I know worked so hard, including Tay, including Miss Ward, mm-hmm. you know. And, and we just, we couldn't even stop clapping and celebrating the return of the land before y'all dumb motherfuckers. I know. I wanted to go and, and and support this black owned land that was now, but whatever. What was is what was. We you know we moving on. Yeah. But, but that was some that was some fuck shit. Horrible. That's called fumbling mm-hmm. the play. You fumbled the bag. You're hustling backwards. And the only good again, if I had to identify some silver lining, hopefully, Dustin, this looks like a glaring, high profile example of what not to do. As 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 these reparations come in, y'all, and they're coming. This what this is how you don't handle it. That's just it's unbelievably stupid to me. Dummies. All right, moving on. Take off, take off. Tragically, heartbreakingly, devastatingly, uh, was brutally murdered mm-hmm. uh, at the, the tail part of twenty twenty two. Minding his business, so having fun, dice game, shot to death. Bystander didn't even have a personal relationship with the the man who uh, allegedly shot and killed him. So here we are. Uh, This person has been identified. Thank goodness. And that person is Patrick Xavier Clark. That is the accused murderer of takeoff. He has been charged with uh, murder along with a couple other things. And he was originally held Dustin on two million dollar bail. Let's go to this. Judge Josh Hill, Mm -hmm. that is the judge in this case, has previously made statements, excuse me, had ruled that the defendant, Patrick Clark, had previously made statements that he could pay a million dollar bail. Where are you getting a million dollar bail? But okay. And that there were bail bond companies that were willing to take a risk on him. Under that auspice, the judge did reduce his bond to a million from two million. He was then released 
after his defense team attempted to have it lowered to 300. That did not happen. And then he did find the million dollar bond, Dustin, and he has been released, which is shocking to me on many, Mm. many levels. On the other side, the prosecution do feel that Clark was not being upfront around all of his assets. This is very interesting. They think he was lowballing his assets uh, to get that bond reduced to three hundred thousand. They say that he works as a local DJ and strip club promoter and deals in cash. So that's, I guess, how he has all this money to put towards bail and bond. Uh, so it's very hard to, you know, when you're in those cash businesses, Dustin, it's hard to manage how much income is actually coming in. Prosecutors, uh, to me, rightfully raised the issue of flight risk. I want to get to that in a minute because he's not in custody. And the court did make the 33 year old surrender his passport. <laughs> right. Because that's going to stop him. Anyway, and Clark's bond conditions say that he's not allowed to leave his parents' house on the east side of Houston. And they have. Uh, he's also to have no contact with Takeoff's family and wear a GPS tracking device. I don't like this at all, but I want to know how it lands for you. Where did the... Okay, so we know a lot of people who work in nightlife promotion, mm-hmm. and there there is a large cash flow that, you know, is associated with their business. But where did this motherfucker get a million dollars from like that just mm-hmm. to bail out? It begs a lot of questions. There are already so many questions surrounding his connection to... You know, several people who were present when the unfortunate incident took place. Sure. Um, and it just begs the question, where's the money coming from and why is it coming from wherever it came from to get him on, you know, get him released on bail? So here's the thing about a bail bond hearing. There's really only two factors, Dustin, a judge should even consider. We've talked about this before on the show. I want to revisit them. Number mm-hmm. one, flight risk. Mm-hmm. We're not trying the case. The, the The bond bail amount is not even a reflection of the charges. Mm-hmm. What is a, it is a reflection of, Dustin, is how does this court put ourselves in best position to know for sure that you're going to come back to face your day in court? So that's what the, that's the flight risk component. So the more money someone has access to, the more wealth. This is why you see celebrities or other wealthy people does it with these high ass bonds, mm-hmm. because if you have access to that amount of money, That means you have access to helicopters, Mm -hmm. you have access to private planes, you have friends that have access to those things. You are uniquely positioned to avoid capture. Mm -hmm. Okay, that's called flight risk. Mm -hmm. The other condition to be considered by bond of the two, your potential threat of danger to public if you are on the outside. I mean, how much more of a threat to public safety do you need to be? You literally shot him in the head. To me, pretty randomly. Very randomly. Very randomly. So that's that's the highest level of random public threat to safety. I can imagine. So for me, this is not Patrick Alexander, Xavier, excuse me, rather Clark is not even a candidate for pretrial release. Mm -hmm. But that's Mm -hmm. just me. You know, I'm I'm not even going to put myself or my court in jeopardy mm-hmm. of having this man either flee which again if you can put your hands on a million dollars i don't know i don't mm-hmm. know what else passport re- surrender i don't think i don't think patrick seemed like the type of motherfucker they, they were no. that relies on documents no i don't <laughs> think so either ebony and that's why I I, it so. was laughable when i read that like yeah okay, okay. yeah <laughs> like. <laughs> literally okay so there's that and then again you're clearly a hothead to put it mildly you clearly are not of reasonable decision making, rational thought. So you, you could be anywhere. I just, I just cannot believe. And I cannot believe that if this victim, if takeoff were, Oh, a white woman, Mm -hmm. probably even a white man. Mm -hmm. 
would even be a candidate. I believe this is a, a, a derivative of, again, just a lower threshold across the board for the valuation of black life. Talk about I it. think that a lot of judges, especially when you're talking about uh, Houston and all this shit, Harris County, wherever the fuck, uh, one black man killed another black man. And frankly, we don't we're not particularly concerned. Mm-hmm. That's how it reads to me. And we were tired of these rich niggas running around here anyway. Flashing anyway. So we don't give a damn, really. We're going to go through this process, mm-hmm. but, you know, that's the that's the attitude that I get. Yeah, I think it's that. I think that's right, Dustin. I think the attitude is they only kill one another anyway. Yeah. So when you start talking about a threat to public safety, if what you really mean is his propensity to kill another random black man in the Come life, on. quote unquote, we, we don't really consider that the public. That's how it reads to me. It, it's just really disheartening and it's sad. It's sad that, you know, niggas, people can't, let me stop saying this. <laughs> it's okay. I mean, it is what it people is. People can't even really grieve properly. You know what I mean? This loss because the system is already systeming mm-hmm. and these, these things are already, you know, taking place that seem unfair and seem not to be just, you know, mm-hmm. and seem to be an indicator of more bullshit afoot. Absolutely. So I, I just, it's just sad. It's saddening. It makes me sad to even see that this is that that he's just seeing his face even when they were in, when he went to court um, to post his bond or whatever. I don't know what the part of the process is called, but when he mm-hmm. came up for it, was it a bond hearing? That's or, a bond hearing. Okay, yep. when he came in for his bond hearing, just his countenance, his face, mm-hmm. his facial expression, he was dead behind his eyes, and he just looked like he was trying to go through this process just to get the hell out. Yeah, and he for, for me, we may or may not see him again at this point. To be quite To be quite honest. honest. And if we don't, that's that that blood is on your hands, Judge Josh Hill. Mm-hmm. Wholeheartedly, you know. And as far as him being regulated to his uh, parents' house, yeah, right. Yeah, right. And then as far as his GPS tracking device, I appreciate the effort, but I've seen too many cases. Doesn't unfortunately, my dear friend Gianno Caldwell lost his little brother to gun violence in Chicago just mm. last year, and and he was killed by the subject. Uh, excuse me, the suspect that they believe did it was on a monitoring device that had failed. See what I mean? You know, so, you know. How, what are we really even doing here? Why, you know? And why take the risk? Why? And especially in a case of, and no no case or no life is valued higher than any other, right? Sure. But the level of visibility, uh, you know, associated with this particular for case. For us. Yes. For, but for us. Well, that is true. You know what I'm saying? That is true. For I us. Mean, yeah. I, I have a feeling Judge <laughs> Josh Hill... <laughs> Don't give a fuck. <laughs> You're right, Ebony. For Unfortunately. Us. Yep. Unfortunately. Yep. So. It's sad. Yeah. So listen, y'all, we'll continue to watch it. But but why I really wanted to cover this was really just to break down those elements of bond. Flight mm-hmm. risk, threat to public safety. It's confusing, too, mm-hmm. right? I'm glad mm-hmm. we broke. I'm glad that you broke that down because mm-hmm. it is confusing to people who are watching this go on. Like, we know. There's witnesses. We, you know, they know mm-hmm. that this guy fired the bullet. Sure, they killed takeoff. Yeah. So why, why is, if you don't understand out? this process, yeah. you have no idea why he's. And out, then there's so. people that that don't get out, right? Mm-hmm. Then you then you have somebody like Khalif Brower, you know, who stuck on Rikers for three years for God. a nonviolent offense, like ultimately th- costing him his life, his young life. So. That inconsistency is where I have a real issue. Yeah, Again, for sure. I, I'm not, you know, I know there's a lot of, especially, you know, extremely, you know, progressive values that, you know, don't believe anybody should be held pre-trial. Mm-hmm. Da, 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 and I, okay, y'all can have that conversation. Personally, I don't feel that way. Some mm-hmm. motherfuckers need to be in jail. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but even if you don't feel that way, it, it, what what does need to, to happen is what we started uh, this, this year's shows with, 
consistency. Yeah, Ebony. So if we're going to keep people locked up pre-trial, let's have a consistent standard for what that looks like. Mm-hmm. And if we're going to let people go mm-hmm. let's pre-trial, have a consistent standard for what let's that have looks a like. consistent standard for that. We'll watch it. We'll, we'll follow watch it. it. Yeah. Rest in peace to take off and much love to his family and friends. Absolutely. Um, and, and really, truly justice for that brother. We yeah. really, and for, and for Migos in general. Yeah. Um, because I know they're not they're not going to be the same. Never. This uh, defendant uh, Clark will be back in court March 9th. So that's mm-hmm. probably when we'll pick it back up and see what the next step are going to be as we, you know, really pray and hope for justice um, for takeoff and his family. Yeah. And everybody involved. All right, y'all. That's it for this episode of Holding Court. We want to thank y'all so much for listening. Make sure that you um, join us next week. Court will be back in session as always. Can't wait to see what's on the docket. That's right. And in the meantime, Dustin, what you want the people to do? Read your terms and read your conditions, please. Yeah. Please. And, a, and, a, and a, abide by them. Abide. Abide. <laughs> abide. Abide. Let's think about that. Is it the Elan Harris book? Abide with me. Listen, yeah. I was just talking. I was talking to Melba yesterday. Mm-hmm. We talked mm-hmm. about Elan was a good friend of hers. Mm-hmm. And, and on that note, guess what? Bye bye. <laughs> Bye. Holden Court is an Interval Present original production from Uppity Productions in association with Dossie Media. Executive producer and host, Ebony K. Williams. Co-host and producer, Dustin Ross. From Interval Presents, executive producers, Alan Coy and Jake Kleinberg. Produced, of course, by Ashley J. Hobbs. Editing, sound design, and mix by Stephanie Morell. Original music by Epidemic Sound. Video editing by Kaysen Alexander and Courtney Deans. Consultant, Carla Wilmaris. Special thanks to Operations Lead, Sarah Yu. Business Development Lead, Sheffy Ellen Swag, And Marketing Lead, Samira Still. 